Episode 5 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Go time! Right, guys, welcome along to episode five of Fitness Behavior with Bevan James Isles, your monthly podcast on the behaviors behind health and fitness and how they can make you have a lifetime love of fitness and get all the benefits around them. Well, it's just been Christmas time in New Zealand or in the rest of the world, and it's kind of funny when you do a podcast because I know a lot of you guys have been listening to this in the future, so it probably wouldn't have just been Christmas time. But for me, it's just been Christmas time, and I've gone from Christchurch, where I live, and we've actually been having lots of really bad earthquakes recently, and I've left Christchurch. And I'm currently in a place called Queenstown, which, for those of you who don't know where that is, it's just outside, it was kind of in the middle of the South Island in New Zealand. It's it's renowned as one of the world's top tourist spots and uh, my partner Joe's family lives here and so the whole family's down here and we're having a bit of a family holiday. Unfortunately right now it's pouring with rain outside and uh, December for New Zealand is our summertime so we're all crossing our fingers that over the next few days this will clear up and we can kind of get into our, our summer holiday. I must say we are watching the cricket and the Australians are getting a bit of a butt kicking and us Kiwis are kind of liking that so that's a good thing. We've uh, just come into the beginning of 2011, it's obviously going to be a pretty big year for all of you guys out there and I just thought I'd say, you know, you're obviously you're thinking about New Year's resolutions and it kind of motivated me to really do this week's show based on the concept of goals. Now when it comes to goal setting, I, like when I do this show I really try to put a lot of time into research, into studies and, and to make sure that it's been backed by, or the thinking that I'm putting forward has been backed by some research, and some good studies that are proving that it's you know, that it's really proven in the real world. And and today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. It's really going to come from a place of my experience of goal setting. I've been a kind of a religious goal setter for the last 13 years of my life, from the age of 20 through to now, uh, which obviously makes me 33. Uh, I, I've been one of those people who pretty much sets my goals every three to four months. I sit down and I go through this whole process of how to set goals. And, and I think, if anything, it's taught me a lot about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to goal setting. And so in today's show, it's going to be more based on my experience of goal setting. But being someone who has spent a long time doing it, I do feel I could probably maybe just give you some insights into things that you can be aware of in being successful in setting goals. And I think that's kind of appropriate you know, now that it's the beginning of the year and, and obviously a lot of us are thinking about that the whole concept of the New Year's resolution and, you know, what we are trying to do with our next year. So um, I have got quite a few questions from you guys, so I'm going to chuck on a few of those at the end of the show. So listen up at the end of the show and we can answer some of your questions. And again, if you have any questions for the show, you can just email me directly at bevanjames at gmail.com or alternatively, you can go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com and send a link, go to the contact page here, click on that and send me through question from there but other than that i'm going to get onto the show and uh it's quite nice having the rain out in the window it's kind of it's it keeps me all calm and relaxed so this might be quite a calm and relaxed show i'm sure a lot of you have heard of the concept of smart goals Smart goals is a term that's used a lot when it comes to the concept of setting goals, and it's an anagram that's really broken down into these these three kind of steps. The S stands for specific; that your goals need to be specific and to the point. 
the M stands for measurable, that you need a time frame to set those goals around. The A stands for attainable, so probably being realistic around how you're setting the goals and the, the targets you're setting yourself along the way. R is realistic, which is kind of sits in that same place. And T stands for timely, that, that they're achievable within a timely fashion. And I know when I first started becoming a goal setter, you know, up until that period in my life, to around 20, I'd never really done goals, but um, that transformational period of my life, I became a real consumer of content and, uh, and, and I read a lot of books on how to be successful and there was always a common theme around these books of how to be successful, these health, self-help books and it was always that you have to set goals. You know that you you must set goals to be successful in life. If you know that's that's the number one key to being successful and being successful in life is setting goals. And often in pretty much all of these books, the concept of the smart goal would be repeated. They may not have always used the word smart goals, but you know the the same principles were coming through in all these books. And so, me being a keen student of these these people, I became an anal goal setter you know like I, I and, and to be honest to this day I still can't and if I are an anal goal setter I I set this process out that I have that I would go through every three or four months of my life that to make me successful and you know the path I'm learning so over the next couple of years as I started to learn how to set goals and I read all these books that reinforced you know the smart goal process I was fascinated by successful people, and I've kind of always have been fascinated by successful people. Why is it that some people are successful or able to succeed at such higher levels than the average in society? And so I'm kind of always attracted to those people. And so when I meet people who I see as being successful, I kind of become the news reporter. I'm just trying to dig as much information out of them and the reason they are successful. And I met around that time in my life, I met the person who I've probably talked of before on the podcast because this person is one of those significant people in my life. And he was the person who I always considered to be the Yoda of my life, the person who whenever I spend time with them, I go away thinking and I go away, you know, they expand my mind to areas I never thought were possible. And I remember this person, uh, his name's Chris, and I remember meeting Chris, and Chris was one of those people who, at least from my perspective, just seemed to have it all. He seemed um, to be happy in his relationship, he was successful in his career, he financially seemed to be doing well for himself. You know, all those external things seemed great, but more importantly, internally he seemed like he was just a happy person. And that he was content with the path that he was on in his life right now. And he was probably at this moment in my life what I would consider to be the most successful person in my life. Uh, I knew people who were really wealthy, but I didn't think they were very happy. Or I knew people who were very good athletes, but, you know, failed in all their relationships and, you know, weren't very good at their jobs or something. So these people who had maybe one area of their life that they were really successful in, but then were kind of falling apart in other areas of their life. Whereas when I met Chris... He was like the person who, for me, just kind of seemed to have it all, seemed to seemed to have figured out the formula so his whole rounded life was great. So, as you can imagine, I was I was, became the news reporter and I, and I wanted to find out everything about Chris and what made him successful because I kind of believed that, well, surely I can just duplicate what he's doing to make myself successful and, you know, find that whole path of the whole roundedness of success. And 
So one day I went up to Chris and I said, you know, what is it about you, Chris, that makes you seem to be so happy and so on the right path for you? And, and, I, and I kind of, in that conversation, I started to mention, you know, do you do, do, you do, your, do, you do your goals? Are you doing your smart goals? And he, and he turned around to me and it, kind of, it was kind of funny because he goes, well, what's a smart goal? And Chris was an intelligent man, you know. He wasn't a guy who seemed maybe ignorant or naive of these things. He was he was smart, intelligent, like he was majorly intelligent. And, and I said, smart goals, you know. Smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely. And he kind of just looked and said, oh, no, I don't really do that. And I, and I went, wow. So I said, well, do you sit down every so often and, and write down your goals? Because, you know, everyone, everything I've ever read said that a goal isn't attainable until you write it down. You know, you don't think about it until it's written down. It sets it in concrete. And again, Chris said, no, I, don't, I never really write them down. I go, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I don't really, it's not how I work. It's, it wouldn't work for me to sit down and write down my goals and, and have smart goals. And that kind of blew my mind because up to this point, everything I'd ever read about being successful, and admittedly it came from a very narrow focused area, just the self-help book, but everything I read to that point had said that if you want to be successful in life, you have to set goals you have to do it in a smart way and there's all these rules around it you had to write them down as all this and all that and all you know to be successful now I'm not disregarding that process I know for me because I started that way I've kind of followed on that process and I have been successful by doing that but what I learned from that moment with Chris is that that's actually not the only way to be successful in setting your goals when you think about all the most amazing people in the world who have ever existed, and it's and one of the interesting thing you find when you meet top level athletes, like for someone, you know, for someone like myself who comes from an area where I had a transformational period in my life where I seeked growth, and through seeking growth, I went to a self help book, or, you know, or went to, you know, that kind of area. That's the process I learned. But if you speak to a lot of athletes, a lot of them don't even write goals down. They're not that focused on that. It's just they've lived their life around sport, and so they've developed these ways to make themselves focused, driven, and successful. And you think of every person who's ever been successful in the world, you know, like the Einsteins, you know, the top political leaders, the top sports people. Do you think all of them have set goals that way, in the smart ways? Probably not. And what I learned from Chris that day was that there's no one formula for success. And sure, smart goals are a pretty good formula. Like, I'm not disregarding them. It's not that I don't think they work. But really, to be successful, you have to figure out your process for being successful. Chris, my Yoda, the person who I respected the most at the time of my life, he had discovered a process within himself that didn't require smart goals, that didn't require that he sit down and, and write down a process for being successful. He discovered a way that made him successful. A way that made him achieve the things that he wanted to achieve in his life. And I suppose if I'm going to have one basic key message to today's podcast, it is really that. What is the process you use to be successful in life? So again, what is the process you use to be successful in life? When is it in your life, maybe if you look back into your past and you think about the most successful times, it could be around work, it can be around family, it can be around you know, maintaining values or, or challenging situations. And, and what was the process you went through to lead you up to that, that moment or that period in your life where you maybe excelled? 
what did you do? And that's what's really great about this whole idea is that really there's no one formula. There's just your formula. And and I suppose what I look at if I look back to myself around my goal setting process is that it evolves in time because we are learning more about how we are being successful. That if I go back to how I set my goals, you know, 13 years ago, it's actually evolved. And, and sure, there's parts that are very similar to what I do today, but there's some things that I've tried along the way that haven't worked. And there's some things I've tried along the way that have worked, and so I eliminate the ones that don't work, and I introduce the ones that have worked so that the, the process of setting goals is more successful for me based on experience and what I know of myself. So for some of you out there, the idea of a smart goal would work really well because you like sitting, sitting down, you like being really analytical. Whereas others, you know, you want to just go sit out in nature and lie down and close your eyes and just have a moment to sit and think. And to do that every so often is a really successful way to make you aware of the path you are going on. And ultimately, that's what, if we talk about goal setting process, that's all it is really. It's just an awareness tool. An awareness of where you are in your life right now and where you want to be going in your life. And, and I think that's the problem when people make up these processes that you have to use to be successful in setting goals is that because that may not be sit right with you or it may not feel right with you, then you don't do it. You know, if you're not going to sit down and spend 20 minutes writing down your goals every three weeks or every four weeks or however often you're meant to do it, or, you know, if you're not going to tell goals to other people because that feels uncomfortable for you because, you know, they said you should tell goals, that stops you from going through the process of setting some targets in your life and stopping and having the awareness. And sometimes I think the idea of the process is almost harder than just doing the goal setting or, you know, setting those targets for yourself. But if you were to have a process that were just to help you to have that awareness, then you get the benefits of that awareness, the benefits of, of really knowing what you are doing with your life and, and is that on the path that is important for you and is it taking you more away from what you want to be as a core person or is it, you know, moving you more towards that as a person and that kind of leads me into the next bit I want to talk about. And and if we're going to talk about goal setting and anything, if there's anything I think that is really important, so I'm kind of, again, I'm just rambling, but if, if you go back to, you know, okay, the first message is spend time thinking out what's a good process for you to create some awareness around your life. Really, that's all it is. You know, it can be smart goals. It could be lying out in the sun, stopping and breathing. If anything, if I if I encourage anything, it's just to make sure you include that in your life. You know, in a, in a time that's um, not too far apart. You know, so maybe in your diary before you say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and do my goals, or every four months or so, just so that you spend some time to to have that awareness. Because I really believe that awareness is a big part of being successful in life. But the, I think one thing I need to talk about when it comes to goals is, is how to layer the thinking around goals. And and this is where I've really learned a lot about goals over the last 13 years of my life, is that when I first started setting goals, it was very much about trying to become something that I was trying to achieve. So at this stage of my life, I you know I was bound 2021, 20, and, and for me, the biggest goal in the world was to be a world leader in fitness, um, and, and in particular, really just aerobics. I really wanted to be a, the best body attack instructor 
in the world so for me that was you know like it's interesting I've, I've I kept all my goal books from over the years and if you look at my goal books from that time <laughs> everything's about being the best instructor in the world um I had daily affirmations I had you know targets and, and everything you know on that smart goal kind of way I'd set every goal around being just being the best body attack instructor in the world and so for the next two years of my life that was pretty much my 24-7 I woke up in the morning I'd practice at the gym I trained harder than anyone ever trained I practiced more than anyone in practice I, I got feedback I videoed myself as often as possible I sent letters to the big people in the company to to make sure I they knew who I was I, I did everything possible I took every box and being successful in that and for the next two years that was all I was trying to achieve at the end of the next two years I got a phone call and and I suppose if anything you need to you know how do you recognize you've achieved that point And, and for me achieving that point was to get on a body attack dvd for Les Mills and those dvds get sent around the world to thousands of instructors all around the world and so to get on the dvd in my industry is pretty much the highest mountain you can climb so two years later, I get this phone call from someone within Les Mills International saying they want me to be on the Body Attack DVD. I remember, I remember the phone call. I was, you know, put down the phone and and I was expecting myself to be amazingly excited. You know, like I'd worked, you know, twenty four seriously, probably for the last three years of my life. You know, because once I set the goal, it was probably three years altogether. All I wanted to do was be on this Body Attack DVD, and I remember putting on the phone. And almost having a sense of disappointment. And and I kind of remember thinking to myself, well, is that it? Is, is that the biggest challenge? Is that the peak of my life? You know, I'm 23, 24. Is that the peak of my life? Is that all there is for me to achieve? And, and it's, it's not that I didn't recognize that there wasn't growth in this for me and that this wasn't good for me. But I realized that in chasing this goal so hard, I'd compromised other things in my life that were really important to me. To be honest, I think as a father during that time, I I could have been a better father. Um, as a partner, I could have you know I compromised too much of my relationship because I was focused on this one goal. And it made me really look at going back to the first point of today's podcast was my process on how I set goals. For the longest time in those first you know period of goal setting for me it was it was very much about the things I was trying to achieve. And I wouldn't compromise on anything around that, that I wanted to be the best attack instructor in the world. I wanted to be world-recognized as the best. So I would do everything and not consider anything else in achieving that goal. And it turned out that while there was still a wicked thing to achieve, and I'm proud of that time in my life, I compromised a lot of self in doing that. I compromised some other things that should have been just as important, if not even more important, during my time of life and what I learned about my goal setting process at that time was I need to layer it differently then my goals really should be about my values and my passions and then the actions I take towards growth in self now uh, maybe I'm contradicting myself a little bit here and so maybe I'm kind of throwing it out there but I think we're often attracted to other people's lives. I think we often have a friend who's being, you know, maybe really wealthy or a friend who's, who's healthier than us, you know, they're lean, they're mean, they're looking good. And, and everyone else's life sounds really amazing. 
you know, you, you, you have that dinner with your mate and uh, they're making lots of money and suddenly you feel you're not good enough and that you should be making lots of money as well. And so you go home and you start looking on the internet and you get attracted to some, you know, scheme that, you know, deep down if you stopped and thought about it, you'd know it's a scheme, you'd see through it clearly. Or, or you're struggling to lose weight and you have a friend who's, you know, just maybe lost a lot of weight or is always in good condition they find exercise easy and and you want what they have and so you know you go to some stupid fad diet which you know can lose your 20 kgs in three weeks but the the health effects are bad for you and you know all this kind of stuff and that often we're chasing dreams that aren't what we ultimately want and what later on in the future I'll do a show around content and, and I think this is a big influence on our life but you know like a lot of people are chasing dreams that are just the condition to want because media tells us we should want it and I, and I really think that if you are going to have time to stop and create awareness around your life that the first thing you should identify is what are your core values what are the values in your life that you want to maintain and you really want to grow in I'll share mine with you here right now. Mine is love. You know, for me, love love of friends, love of family, love of life. Freedom. Freedom, I'm so motivated by the concept of freedom, the idea of nobody owning me, the idea that I can make the decisions in my life based on what I want at any time in my life for no one... You know, not that the people can't have influence on it, but I'm free to make that choice. Uh, honesty. Um, the, my friend Chris has taught me so much about honesty and, and the idea that... Uh, just what honesty can bring to your life um, happiness uh, <laughs> you know and these kind of things sometimes I try to come across as a little bit more serious and a little bit more intelligent but anyone who spends time with me you know I'm quite renowned as being a clown because I just see so much joy in, in having fun in life and that uh, you know like I don't want to be perceived as a serious guy I want to be perceived as the guy who's a bit of a clown having fun Growth's really important to me and health you know health which is obviously lifestyle choices and, and all that stuff you know for me those are my main values. Now, that will be different for you. It will be different. And you know what? One thing that probably I probably should introduce with this one is creativity. It's another one that seems to be coming more and more into my life right now. So if I were to list the core, my core values. Now, these may change over time. You know, like I just said there with creativity, you know, I'm noticing more and more that I'm seeking more creativity as I'm getting older and I'm discovering within myself this ability to create. So that's, that's probably another value. But the values for me, while you may listen to those and think, well, you know, I really sit with that. I love the idea of just love being so important in my life. You know, while that sits with me, it's probably not the same for you. And if we're going to look about how you create awareness around your life and how you create the layers to, to do that awareness, I really think that spending time in that process we talked about earlier, thinking about, what am I? What are the values I'm really trying to enhance in my life? So, in my goal setting process, those values—love, freedom, honesty, happiness, growth, health, and, and creativity—really, my time in the moment I wake up, through the time I go to sleep, is really trying to about enhancing those values as much as possible in my life. And then the second layer, I think, that, again, you can take or leave this, this is just my stuff, but the second thing I think you need to layer on top of, so first of all, we have your main values, and the second thing is, what is your passions? 
And people, you know, you, you get people, oh, I don't know what my passions is. And that's maybe a discovery process, and I could talk a lot about that. But for me, um, people, uh, I've always been a people person from the moment I was a child. I remember uh, doing a milk run, a paper run, actually, when I was a kid. And it should take you half an hour because you bike around really fast. And, and for me, it would take me an hour and a half. So it took me an hour longer. And not because I was slow or not because I wasn't fit, but because I would talk pretty much to every every person on my run. And I just have a love of people I I love the energy I get from people. I love what people can offer me. I love just so much about being around people and that in my life. So people is one of my passions. The second passion in my life is music. Um, I've always loved music. You guys know I play piano and guitar, and um, I just love listening to music. Music is, is life to me, so that's the second thing. And for me, my third passion is fitness. Um, obviously, you can figure that out. So when I look at the layers of of my process and, and again I'm just chucking this at you guys but you can use it if you want it is, is the first thing I do is I just think about what are my main values what am I trying to enhance in myself in my character in this life that I have on this world I'm trying to encourage the things I talked about before and then what are my passions and for me my passions are music people and fitness and then I move into what are the actions do I need to take to enhance these values through my passions so that I'm designing a life that's ultimately pushing me towards my passions more but helping me grow in my core values so that my time spent on this planet is you know, developing more freedom for myself and, and my world you know, creating more love for those around me and myself, you know, more happiness, more growth, more more creativity and more health and, and all that stuff. And I think that for me, when it comes to goal setting, that if I look back to what I was doing 10, 12, 13 years ago, I was trying to be the best instructor in the world, but in a way that was compromising my core values. And that I actually got to the end of that prayer at a time and I felt dissatisfied because I'd lost who I was as a person. And what's been really interesting, uh, you know, since this period of discovering that, you know, A, I need to create more awareness in my life through setting goals in a way that works for me and a process that works for me. And, and B, if I were to layer it, it was be values first, passion second, and then, you know, the, the process and other questions leading on from there. Is that I became really good at saying no. I became really good at saying no to things that maybe were really exciting. And maybe if I hadn't thought about my values and maybe I hadn't had more ego, I would chase those things. But because I, I allowed myself to have awareness around these things, I was able to say no because I knew it wasn't right for me. And if you were to spend time in your life thinking about you know, if you, were, if you were to really know what your core values are, to fundamentally know what they mean to you, and you knew what your passions were, and you got given opportunities that seemed really appealing, but were to take you away from them, you too would be able to say no to those things and put yourself on a path that's going to head you in a direction in your life that is going to lead to more satisfaction, more happiness, and, and better making decision-making process. Um, the classic example I often think of is the, the person who chases money. 
for in compromise of everything else. And, and a classic example is, you know, the businessman who gets to a certain age, you know, who knows what that age is, maybe 50s, maybe 40s, maybe 50s, wakes up one day, looks in the mirror and are overweight. They have um, a relationship that's non-existent, non-void, you know, there's no real connection there. Um, their health is bad, you know, but they have this big, thick wallet because they chase this this idea of an external goal. And in doing that, they lost themselves. But if they were to have, you know, at the beginning of the process or, or early on in their, their life, discovered that that maybe they should be chasing values, growth of values, and moving more towards their passions, do you think they'd get to that age and feel that compromise so much that they need to make such dramatic shifts? I know today's show is a lot of bit about me, <laughs> because as I said before I put the music on, uh, this is really coming from my experience today's show, and, and I think sometimes when, uh, as a content creator, to be honest, one of the things that really I really struggle with as a content creator is that you, you almost, you paint yourself in a picture that um, that you're, well, not perfect, but that you always get things right. And today's show, you know, like I've talked about my process of setting goals, but you know what, I've made plenty of mistakes in my period of time, you know, since even since I've made my goals, I've made some huge life mistakes, I've made moral mistakes that I'm not proud of, I've made, I struggle with things that, that, that all types of people struggle with on a daily basis, you know what, I'm human. And, 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 and I'm not on a pedestal, I, you know, I'm, I'm living a life that's, I'm, I'm sure, similar to a lot of people out there. But I've learned that by focusing on my values and my passions in life, I seem to find it easier to make good decisions that are taking me more on a path that is right for me in this world. So, if there's any message from today's podcast, and, and one feedback I seem to have gotten on podcasts is I do repeat myself, and I'm sorry for that, but it's just, it's just how we roll. But if there is one message... There's no one way to set goals. There's not. No, smart goals are great if, if that's what works for you. But if it doesn't work for you, it's not great. It's a waste of time. It's like when people come up to you and they say, I want to lose weight, so I have to run. And, and you say to them as a fitness professional, well, do you like running? They say, I hate running. Well, then running's a stupid exercise for you. <laughs> you know, you're not running, don't do it. It's a stupid exercise. What do you like doing? I like dancing. Well, get out and dance. Because you like it. And it's kind of like that with this. If smart goals works for you get out and do your smart goals but if it doesn't it doesn't matter just make sure you book some time aside every so often where you can just stop think and create some awareness in a way that works for you it can be to put some deep music on and and lie in the sun it can be to, to have a conversation with a mate who you know, and you can sit down and you can set targets together. Who intellectually stimulate you? It can be to sit down and write. It can be whatever works for you. And and over time, allow that to evolve. You know, maybe you know you could even do a weekend away to you know if you like being in the sun, you can go to a beautiful place every four months and you know have a time just to stop and reflect in your life. But for me, the real key is to make sure you have that awareness and finding the way to make that work. And then once you've done that, once you've, you know, started to figure out that process, sit back and think about your values. Think about what values you would like to enhance in your life. Not just sit in, but grow in.
you know, grow whatever those values are for me. I could name mine again here, but it's not really about that now. Grow your values and then think about the passions that you have. And I know passion is a hard thing because a lot of people always, oh, I don't know what my passion is. And so, you know, but you, you, you may have an idea. And you may need to go back to the first podcast where it's that whole small steps that you have to move towards things that you haven't got in your life right now, but you, you know you'd be interested in doing. But I feel that if you were to think around your goal-setting process and think around your values and then what those passions are, you'll make decisions for your life that are taking you on a path that is healthier and will make a more happier you or a more satisfied you or whatever it is that you want in your life. So as you ponder today's podcast, you know, book out a time just to create some awareness. And then sit and think, you know, who do you want to be? And how do you want to spend your time from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to sleep? So once again, like all the other podcasts that I do, uh, there's a, uh, a PDF workbook that goes along this month's podcast show, and I'm, I'm doing it a little bit different because I kind of, obviously in the last kind of half an hour, I've just been talking around the idea of, you know, figuring out your process and how it evolves and, you know, whatever. So I thought that this month I would sell the PDF of the process that I use to set goals. Um, obviously, it's going to be based on the layers. I've just talked about the idea of values, passions, and, and I do like mind maps and, and some big questions to answer that helps with the awareness. And, you know, and then I go down to the different areas of my life and break it down. So for some of you listening right now who like to write down and, and have a real concrete process, um, this could be a good place to start. And for others, it won't be your thing because, you know, as we've just talked about, it may not be your thing. But if you want to check it out, go to bevanjamesisles.com and slash fitness behavior podcast. There'll be a link there to the PDF. You can click on that. Now, I've been getting lots of emails from people telling me I need to charge more for the PDFs, which is really nice. So I was going to do an incremental <laughs> increase to up to $3 for the 2011. So um, if you want to go there, $3, cup of coffee, and you can. there's a process that you can use for setting goals. Uh, and you know, if that's not your thing, that's cool as well. I've been getting lots and lots of emails through from you guys about the last show. It seemed to really hit a note with people. And for some people, it really was about... Um, you know, maybe identifying something that they knew subconsciously, but it never really had put in concrete, you know, through, you know, my, my show gave them some words or some ways to really think of it in a concrete way. And, and one was an example of this was from Stuart Butler. And he was just saying he's set some hard and fast rules for himself. He's a vegetarian. Uh, basically, that's a rule that he basically put overnight and he lost three pounds in eight months just by setting that rule uh, around some vegetarian rules. Trains four hours every Sunday. He's a bit of triathlon triathlete from what I can tell. He likes to swim, bike, run six days a week, uh, at least 20 minutes. He travels a lot, so it's, it's kind of tough, but he makes sure that that's one of his key rules. No fast food, including at airports, and no chips, including days out by the seaside. So for Stuart, that made him, you know, those black and white rules have made him achieve some pretty big things in a pretty short period of time. So... I just think one thing on the black and white rules that I, I kind of I listened to the show afterwards and I kind of thought there's one thing I probably missed and that is that it's not that we can't have enjoyment in life like it's not that chocolate is the death of of life it's it's just that if you have areas of your life 
that are leading you down a path that is going to make you unhealthy or overweight or, you know, off a path that is good for you, then that's a good time to consider introducing black and white rules into your life. So if you are putting on weight, maybe it's a good time to, to set a rule of not having chocolate at all. Now, you know, for someone who's healthy and, and you know, doesn't have weight problems or, you know, generally, you know, looks after themselves, you know, having some chocolate in your days is, is a good thing. I just don't want to be the person who promotes, you know, hard, strict rules all the time that means you can't have any enjoyment from some of the temptations in life. So just, you know, it's only when you're going in a path that's really bad for you. You can become hardcore disciplined if you want, but that's personal choice. Um, what's another email I got? I got another email. I've got quite a few emails in front of me. I'll just grab one here. It's from Eric, and Eric's just saying that uh, he's just started listening to the show, and uh, he listened to my other show, I Am Talk, but he's just saying that he's recently had a son and uh, generally getting tired of feeling the way he did. You know, he's having some struggle with his weight and nutrition and stuff like that. And so since being listening to the podcast, it's just been like a divine intervention for him and it's helped him to really address some areas that need to be addressed in his life. And he just want to say thanks. And so uh, again, I get a lot of emails like this, but I think it's important that you guys know that I love getting these emails, you know. If I have any influence in this world, I want it to be influence that helps people grow. And so, when you guys write me an email saying, you know, that I'm helping you move forward in a direction you want to move in, uh, I just, it just makes my day. So, for the people who send me through the emails, it's a real big thanks. I did just get one quick email to mention here as well. I'm kind of got these all in front of me, doing this a little bit Mickey Mouse, but here we go. And it's from Kim, and Kim was just saying that uh, a couple of things she'd like to know is, is books that I'm reading, and, and you guys probably figured out I'm a pretty prolific consumer of books. I actually listen to them more than read them, but I'm thinking what I might do, and this may not happen this month, but it may happen within the next couple months, is that I'll set up um, one of those Amazon pages, and each show I will put some of the books I read around it um, that influence my thinking leading up to that show. So that if you want to go and maybe listen to a book that influenced my thinking, um, then you can go on and click on it and buy the book on Amazon. I'll get a little bit of commission on that. It's bugger all, but I'll get a little bit of commission on that. She's also asking if I could have a one-off donation um, on the website. So she could do a $12 instead of doing $1 at a time. And what I'll do is I'll just have an open donation page, which I'll put on the slash Bevan James Isles slash fitness behavior podcast page and if you want to do a one-off donation once a year you can do $12 you can do more than it if you want or you can do less than it as well so you can do that there as well uh, just for those people we have had quite a few people come in and give the one dollar donations it really means so much to me that you guys want to support the show a lot of time and effort goes into the show and um, the fact that you guys are enjoying enough to open up your wallet and give me a dollar for a show is, is you know amazing so thank you to the people doing that one thing I'm looking to do uh, over the next couple months is, obviously the show's going to be going ongoing, but I, I are trying, I am trying to get a couple interviews. There's one interview in particular I'm working really hard on right now, and it's around nutrition. And I got an email from someone saying that this show is more seems to be more around the psychology of how to make good decisions and, and it's, to be honest that's kind of the path I'm trying to take it down and, and I'm concerned that if I went down nutrition I'd be talking numbers and facts and, and maybe go off the path of you know of what this show is becoming and to be honest I, I think that education is really important around that stuff but this person I want to talk to is uh, pretty amazing around some of the psychology and the way we make decisions around nutrition so I'm going to be trying to get them on the show so hopefully that will happen next month or a few months down the track but anyway 
I think I'm rambling, so <laughs> I mean it's still raining here in Christchurch. I'm in Queenstown, so I think it's probably pretty much time to get out of here. Um, it's the beginning of 2011. It's a huge year. I know I've got some pretty big goals set for this year, and 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 it's for me it seems like one of those years where I'm maybe be doing a bit of a transition in life from a safe place where I've been for the last period, slowly moving towards a new area that could be really exciting for me. So uh, bring on 2011, you know. It's, it's a huge year, so get out there and make the most of it, and uh, I'll see you next month on next month's show. Thanks for listening.